Hey everyone, welcome back to another edition of the Camera Books Podcast, Above and Beyond. Picking up from our last episode, this episode is going to be the second half of the conversation that Joel and Hope and I had about frequently asked questions. And so we covered down on four main topics during this conversation. Topic number one, timing. If you're thinking about making the move from the military to corporate America, when should you start? What's normal as it relates to that? Secondly, we talk about Cameron Brooks as an organization. You're a business, you offer a service. It just seems maybe a little too good to be true. What's the catch? And so we dig into that. Next, we talk about our partnership agreement. Although, as I mentioned last time, we don't spend a ton of time here only because we did two full episodes on this specific topic, episode 110 and 112. So because it's a question we get very often, we thought it'd be a good idea to address it here on our Frequently Asked podcast. But again, for much more information regarding the topic, uh, go check out 110 and 112. And then lastly, the question, what represent, what industries do we represent? So we talked a little bit about the industry represent when we recorded this episode. We were about a week and a half from our April 2021 conference. Now we're, we're about a week beyond the April 2021 conference. So on that one, we were, you know, we list all of these industries and all those industries just happen to be at that conference, but give you some resources that you can do to do more research to explore um, industries, companies, career fields, locations, a lot of things that we've seen at recent conferences, uh, resources that you can go and explore and answer a lot of those questions for yourself and do a lot of the research for yourself. So I hope this brings sheds more light, brings more value to you in your process as you're exploring your options and making decisions about um, if and if so, when would you make and how, I guess, would you make the move from the military to corporate America. Of course, if you want to know information about us, you can find a ton of information on our website, Cameron-Brooks.com. Okay, without further ado, here's the second part of the conversation with Joel and Hope. Okay, so pivoting into our next frequently asked question. Um, what about timing? I know there's uh, there's different recruiting models. Um, you know, everybody starts at a different time, but when, you know, if you are a JMO and you're thinking about making a transition, um, you know, when should you start? What does your timeline look like? What's normal? Yeah. Um, I, I do think that a lot of military officer recruiting firms and recruiting firms in general, I mean, not even JMO firms, really aren't completely interested in forming relationships too far out. And so what I, what the question I get or, or kind of a follow on to what you're saying is, you know, I'm talking to recruiting firms that really don't want to talk to me until I'm, you know, right before I start terminal leave or something along those lines. Um, and, and, and that would make sense relative to the model, but I want to reiterate one of the things that Joel said a moment ago, as he was defining the word transition, which, which can also be found in, uh, in podcast 114 and 116 before this one, um, but talk about avoiding early career do-overs. That truly is our core competency. I just want to reiterate it. I don't spend all day on this, but our, our job is not to find people jobs. Yes, that is the natural outcome of this process. People find meaningful employment, no doubt about it. As a matter of fact, 95% of the officers who attend a Cambridge Career Conference receive offers for employment. But that really isn't our what we're focused on. We're focused on helping officers, as Joel mentioned, avoid the early career do-over. 
And in order to do that, two things must, in our opinion, based on our model, must exist. One, we must know you professionally. We must have a relationship and truly understand through a, through a development process who you are, what you're good at, what you like, what you're interested in, how you see yourself. And then the second piece that must exist is you must prepare to interview because if you're interested in doing the kind of search that we offer where you're interviewing with what Joel said earlier, 19, 11, 12 companies, there must be a level of prepar- interview preparation that, that occurs in order to maximize 12 interviews, maximize, that is get companies to say yes to you, right? Generally pursue you and be interested. You must be prepared to do that. The bottom line is for us to get to know you professionally and for you to prepare to meet nine to 12 companies in two days, that takes time. How much time? Well, I get that question all the time. When, when is too early? And typically we say there really isn't a too early. I think there's a natural way upstream time frame, a few years probably, um, but that takes time. And for us to do those two things well, it takes time. So the average amount of time that people spend in our program is about 11 months. Is that, is that the litmus test? Oh, you're more than 11 months. We don't want to partner with you or, or no, you're less than 11 months. We don't want to partner. No, that's the average. We partner with people that are less, less than 11 months out. We partner with people that are more than 11 months out. But the bottom line is we've got to accomplish two things. We've got to get to know you professionally so that you can know yourself professionally, according to corporate America. And you have to prepare to interview. Joel, weigh in on that. You know, talk of there's um, lots of different points. They don't fit all together in the point other than on this timeline, start early. Um, so number one, if we go back to the goal being the successful transition, people will look at the Cameron Brooks development and preparation program thinking that it's just to get to the conference and the follow-up interviews and be successful. And I think even internally here at Cameron Brooks, we have there are we have a bit of a mindset that that's the that is the purpose of it. But if you were, we were to bring Renee Brooks, who was the one that conceived of the idea of the development and preparation program, and bring her in here, she said, no, 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 that's not the main point of the of our program. The main point is to make the successful trend. They didn't call it then, but the main point is that you get into corporate America and hit the ground running. So this is, it goes back to what we do. We don't recruit for training programs. We have very few of these, very few, maybe one, two type of these things a year that are like some rotational program. And if they are, they're still, oh boy, there's a huge expectation. So when a company hires one of our alum, they're going to start off as a senior manufacturing supervisor, leading a team of 15 people, making a biopharmaceutical product. You don't have time to be ramping up on lean and Six Sigma. Then, if you're going to start in sales, even if you start in what they call a territory assistant, not your own territory, they're going to give you things in the bag to sell. And, and, and you, you are going to be expected to learn how to approach, diagnose, negotiate with customers. Immediately, day one, you've got to hit the ground running. Our companies are coming to the conference with open positions. They have a problem. You're not a college hire. They're not, yes, will they train you? Yes, but it is on the job training. There might be some off the job, you know, where you're not working type of development. There might be time during the day or the week where you're being developed, but the majority of your work, you are going to be producing. 
And so the development and preparation program is designed to help you take concepts like how to win friends and influence people, level five leadership from the book, Good to Great, um, the Stockdale Paradox from the book, Good to Great. Um, it's designed to teach you about data analytics and how, how data is being used to make decisions so that you can start applying those concepts in your military career now so that you can then talk about them in interviews. But then when you hit, go into corporate America, yes, a rotational training program sounds good on, on one hand, but I'll tell you the people I talk to that go into those, they're like, why am I sitting next to these other people that aren't as like as motivated and, and is, is uh, like get up? And, I can do more basically, but I'm just kind of waiting until I get this train. We don't really do that. Our companies expect you to come in and help them solve the problem. The companies come to the conference, open position. What does that mean? Pain. What does that mean? They're not getting um, value generated from that open position, or it's going to be open and they need value generated. So if you're going to generate value, you have to be prepared. This goes back to the books. I remember this candidate told me at the end of the conference, and he was like, he says, I don't I totally understand his point. He said, you know, Joel, not one of the companies asked me about the books. Kind of like, hey, you don't know what you're talking about. None of the companies told me. Why don't read all these books? Yeah, ask me. nobody asked me about it. I was like, that's not the point. Yeah. It's not the point. One, one if, if they nobody asked you about it, but I can guarantee you they um, they were still thinking about them. Like, tell me about a process you improve. You bet they're asking about Lean Six Sigma or the book, The Goal Theory of Constraints. Tell me about a time you influenced somebody without authority. I guarantee you there was kind of an idea of the eight ink model that's brought up in yeah, Integrity Zone. You brought value to it. Right. But in the end, that's not still not the point of the books. The point of the books is two. Twofold. One, you're aware of the concepts that you're under. Second, if you want to be that future business leader and make that success in three to five years, you want to be developing a habit of reading or listening. It doesn't matter. I talked to a guy yesterday. He's like, I don't read well, read books well, but I listen to them. Great, listen to the books. The, the lifelong habit of learning because you will not be an executive leader in corporate America unless you change in a lifelong learner. That, so the, the, when I used to when we used to give these live presentations and we talk about the program and preparation, I'd say, let's just imagine you're in an interview. Let's fast forward. Let's imagine you're in an interview. By the way, this is going to go counter to a little bit of what I just said. Company says to you, hey, "How long have you been preparing for the transition?" Well, I've been thinking about it for about two, three years. Oh, that's not what I asked. How long have you been preparing for it? Well, uh, just a couple of months. I got my resume together and, um, you know, filled out some applications. Filled out some applications. I, you know, kind of got commonly asked interview questions and down. And okay, thanks. Next guy comes in. In fact, Patrick, Patrick uh, Harper, I think is his last name, placed him at um, Coke Industries. Mm -hmm. I tell just tell the story. This and he's a great example. He walks into the interview. How long have you been kicking around the idea of transition? Gosh, two to three years. What have you been doing? I've read 15 books. I went out and took these just classes online on my own on Udacity or Coursera just to learn about some of these things. And, and I got a study group together to start you know, exploring these concepts. And you see these bullets on my resume. I started applying these things. 
this this guy had like had an agriculture degree, and we don't have any companies that want agriculture degrees. And he was a young officer, like four years. Objectively, he was going to have a hard time. He had this. He had to punch above his weight class. I think he had 14 interviews, 12 companies said yes to him. He had a pick of his offers. Mm-hmm. You know why? He's that second candidate. So if you're out there thinking like, well, I got time, you know, I just wing it. When, have you, when you're in the military, you don't wing things. When you have an important mission to accomplish and you have time, they tell you, you start backwards planning now. And I remember being in the, in the uh, when I was in the army, if we had a mission and we knew the mission was going to kick off and we found out the mission today. Even if we were already planned, we rehearsed, what do we continue to do? We continue to work on our vehicles and maintain them, double check them, continue to rehearse. Time was our biggest resource. It's amazing how we're taught that in the military. And yet when we apply to our career search, we throw it out. Last thing, we do have people that come to us for two to three years. And great, if you want to start early, there's a lot you can do. But we also do have people come to us with two weeks. So if you're out there and you think, I got two weeks, I shouldn't contact Cameron Brooks. You should certainly contact us. It's going to be harder. The bar is going to be a lot higher to get into the program because we got to hold your hair standard. You're going to, and there's going to be a fire hose that's going to open up if, if we do start with one or it's not ideal. It, and, and I think, again, I mentioned our alum. Let's take our thousands of alum that we've placed in the last five years. Ask any of them. Ask any of them. Hey, I came to Cameron Brooks too soon. I wish I would have waited. None of them are going to tell you. One of the things I want to add on as well, this is for people, you know, when, when should I start preparing or when should I start looking at this? This is for people who want to pivot to a completely different industry. This is for people who want to come to corporate America. Like if you want to go to full-time graduate school, or if you want to get into a similar type of role in a defense contractor or a government service agency, it does not require nearly as much preparation because you're, well, for school, you're going to go learn. So you just got to go apply. But if you're going to the government, you're really already in the industry. You're already doing a lot of the work. You already understand how the how it works and kind of your role and how it all should work. So this is really designed, that answer, this idea, this topic, this starting early is really designed for people who are desiring or even thinking about desiring to a pivot and making a pivot to corporate America. Just wanted to jump off of Pete's point there. Once you really start thinking about it, that's when I think I, at that point, I would love to hop on a phone call with an officer just to talk through things. You know, what are my options? What should I be looking into? What sort of podcast should I be listening to? Blogs to be reading? Things like that. Um, So, and then I can like, as a recruiting specialist can advise um, in that way and give you more of like a concrete idea um, of what to be working on and, and how fast and whether or not going to the next step with Cameron Brooks is, you know, makes sense with your timing. Um, Cause I think I usually raise my eyebrows a little bit when I'm on the phone with an officer and he's like, I'm getting out next week. <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> We're, you're going to have to dedicate every single waking moment to preparing for, for that transition. And it's work. We had several examples from our January conference, for example, too, that it works. And it's just not the ideal strategy. And they would tell you the same thing too. I was on an interview schedule or an interview workshop last night with a a person who's been in our program for, I don't know, three or four weeks. And this is really a full-time job preparation, but you can tell he's running up the learning curve and he's doing a great job. He's a wonderful attitude. He's fighting like crazy to get there and he will get there by the way. But, but you could tell that he's 
just running a lot hard. He's sprinting at this point where a lot of the folks have been in the program for six, nine months. You know, they're, they're, they're cruising. Yeah. They're better word cruising. They're working hard. Please don't misunderstand that they're not sprinting either. Not sprinting. Okay. Next question I get a lot is, Hey, I hear that you have some sort of agreement. Tell me, tell me more about this. What does that mean? Yeah, so I I hear it as, hey, I hear you have an exclusivity clause or something like like that, and um, and I think the intention is, is is to kind of ask what's the commitment, what can and I can't do, and those types of things, and uh, without going into uh, an hour long explanation, which we really do in episode one ten, and I believe there's a, a build on that in episode one twelve. Uh, you know, partnership agreements, what give, that's 110, putting all your eggs in one basket is 112. Highly recommend that you go listen to those without rehashing all that. But I would say, you'd say, even since we've done that, those, we continue to evolve and, and try to explain the value of the agreement to people. So even since we've done that. So first I want to start with, it's not right for everybody. Second, there are different types of recruiting firms out there. So you have one type, this is not us, that doesn't really say, hey, we got a preparation program. We have a plan. We have, a, but they're, instead, they're going to say, hey, send us your resume. We'll help you craft one. Here's some books you can read, and we'll just set up some interviews for you. There's low investment. And I think that's a really good word. There's low investment, low commitment. So they don't have an agreement. So there you can um, work with multiple of those recruiting firms, search on your own. But when you do that, there's a lot more variability into it. But there's a, there's a reason why they wouldn't ask for an agreement because there's not an investment up from them. Yeah, up front. We at Cameron Brooks, we have a mutual accountability agreement is what we call it. And so in this mutual accountability agreement, we owe you in a part, if we have part, form a partnership, we feel like it's a good fit. We have an accountability to you. What are we accountable for? Great preparation. And we're constantly refining our development preparation program constantly, like every week. That includes reading program, exercises, interview skills workshops, mock interviews. We write, we do, do a resume consultant that writes a resume with you. But it's not only that, that we are also then accountable to you. We can't guarantee a number because the economic conditions are going to kind of dictate what the number of interviews are, but they will be open positions. You're not going to have to like submit resumes and applications. You're not going to go to a job fair. This is, you are in the interview with an open position that you've been matched for based on us knowing you well. And you're going to interview with a decision maker. This isn't somebody just to gather resumes and see what happens around the company. That means that there are going to be real interviews with a capital I. We owe you that versus this exploratory interview, which is a small I. And that's our confidence. So in our partnership, we're accountable to that. Now, as we, there's an accountability. If you want this, like Pete said earlier, you don't pay us anything monetarily. And maybe what's even harder, what you, we ask for in return is your commitment back to us. If you want this, you will wait to send out resumes, contact other companies, create profiles, not just recruiting firms, but other companies. And this also includes things like, hey, my uncle John contacted me, wants me to send his resume. 
to him to, to set up an interview. We wait to do all of that. You tell after the career conference. When I say after conference, I mean minutes. Tuesday night at the end of the conference, all conferences end on Tuesday. Send this stuff out. We're comfortable with that. We do not expect you to accept, accept the position with one of our companies if it's not right for you. But our, when the, somebody agrees to our program, it's not agreeing just to the preparation. This all culminates, as I said, three to five years. But the middle ground is that conference. It's so important because that's where you explore your options. So we're asking you, hey, we're going to do all this work together. Then you would come to the conference and start there. And our client companies are going to get tremendous value from that. You will get tremendous value from that. You will start learning about what's important to you, what you like and what you don't like, what's interesting to you. Pete mentioned earlier about 95% of our uh, candidates earn offers through our program. And about the, you know, depending on the conference, around mid 80 percentile of all of our candidates accept positions through the conference. So not all do. And those that don't go off on their own, a lot of them still make that successful transition. Why? Because they saw the program all the way through. So that's that mutual accountability partnership. I better explain a couple of things though. What is that 5% that don't, what happens? Sure, there's one or two people um, at a conference. It's typically no more than one of, the, of that 5% that end up with nothing. It could be one, two, sometimes it's none. I think sure. last conference, last conference, every candidate had access to an offer. Yeah. And um, they, uh, we're, we're not going to let you like, okay, bye. Um, we don't do that. Now, we will be open, honest, objective with you. It doesn't seem that we're a fit for the next conference. It wouldn't make sense. Um, but maybe we can direct refer you to things. Hey, we're going to encourage you to start looking on your own. Do mock and, interviews. Do mock interviews. Help you prepare at a candidate. Came to our April conference last year, which was tough. He actually ended up doing interviews with two companies outside of our conference afterwards that were actually clients of ours that didn't go to the conference. I helped him prepare for it for one of them, and he went to work for him. We've got a great relationship with him, and we'll do that, you guys. It's like it, every, that is important to us. And yes, there have been times that we do bring somebody back to another conference, but it's not, hey, this didn't work. We're going to let you go. We got, we, there's a mutual accountability here. Yes. And um, we're going to do everything we can to help you reach your goals. But it does, I will say this. It doesn't always make sense to bring you back to another conference. So where do those other like four, you know, 4% of people come from? Those some people come out of the conference and decide that they, they just, it's not right for them. They're going to do something else. So they didn't get it off. So the other 85% that do accept those percentage that don't, like I said, the agreement stopped, that, that mutual accountability agreement continues, obviously, throughout the follow-up process. But for you, that part of not sending out resumes ends at the end of the conference. So people do set up interviews on their own. It is probably the number one way we get new clients. They go to work for the company. They make the successful transition because they explore their options. Three, four years later, they care Rooks and had this great experience. Love to come back and recruit. That's the, but again, go listen to 110. Go listen to 112, and um, so it goes a lot more in depth. Thanks for that, Joel. I just wanted to hop in and kind of tell a story that something that recently happened to me, I had connect, and this this goes back to like Cameron Brooks Cares and the partnership is 
um, an investment in, you know, all sides of the relationship. And uh, we work really hard to make sure that everything's like personalized to each officer because every officer is different and all of your goals are different. Um, But I connected with this officer on LinkedIn and then he created a profile in our system. And of course I reached out. I was like, how can I help you? What sort of questions can I answer? And he emailed me back and said, you know, I just, I don't think we're going to be a good fit. You just, I'm not interested in watching a webcast and filling out a profile. I thought you had a job for me. So I just, I, I doesn't sound like you're really kind of like a personalized experience here. And I felt personally attacked (laughs) because I'm so invested. Like this is my life's work, what I've been doing since I graduated. And, um, I, I, I mean, that assumption couldn't have been further from the truth. I think I literally had to get up from my desk and take a walk around my neighborhood. I was so upset (laughs) just because everything was so, everything we do is so personalized from my initial conversation with an officer who's just starting out their research to the personal marketability assessment. I mean, you guys read their file, their profile, tailor questions specifically to them. And then even once in the DPP, that is tailored to the officer, like specifically them when we match for opportunities that are coming to a conference for an officer's interview schedule, no interview schedule is the same. It is completely personalized to the officer's goals and even their experience coming through the conference is like also like very personalized. So, you know, that investment in the partnership kind of bringing it back here there is a huge investment on our end too. So we want to make it valuable for every party involved. And I just wanted to throw that out there because it is an incredibly personalized process. We are personally invested in each of our candidates. We are rooting from you from rooting for you from the sidelines, like literally all the way through. So um, anyways, just to round out the partnership question there. And on to the next. Yeah, go for it. (laughs) Throw the next one. Okay. So um, I hear a lot of, hey, so you don't have a fee, this, you know, and you offer all these services. This seems almost like too good to be true. Um, Tell me, you know, like how how you are a business, like, and how all of that works together, you know, just kind of getting rid of some of the smoking mirrors. Yeah. This idea of it's too good to be true. Or I think, you know, some people kind of in this vein come to camera Brooks or perhaps approach you hope initially with a level of suspicion or perhaps skepticism. And and admittedly, I, I feel like I, I am naturally drawn in that direction first. It's a, it's probably some sort of protection mechanism, but I am a little bit, you know, I have my senses up in terms of looking for, people that I feel like could try to swindle me or whatever it might be. So I do think it's a natural response that people would be suspicious, uh, at least initially of, you know, service firms or whatever it might be. I do want to be clear though. And I said this earlier, we are a natural, we, excuse me, are, we are a professional services firm and I won't rehash all of that, but we're like a lot of other firms that you may partner with and you may use. Like I came up with a few tax preparation financial planning, you know, there's a lot of professional service firms out there. And if you're, if you're like most, certainly if you're like me, what do you, what do you do anytime you, 
decide to partner with a firm or you decide to use their services. Well, you, you do what all of us do. You do your research, talk to the company, talk to other companies, check out their website, talk to people who have actually used the service. I think that's one of the best ways. You know, it's funny, I talk to military officers regularly and ask them what they know about us. And, and you know, they tell me what they know. And I say, well, how did you, how did you learn all that? And, and invariably, and Joel, you're probably hearing a lot of the same thing lately. They're like, I did my research. I mean, it's like, it's like we, we want you to do your research. I don't, I'm not asking you to come in and blind faith trust this process. Do your research. Evaluate your op- options. Look at, look at different services and firms and figure out which one is right for you. I think the idea of having a natural distrust for JMO re- recruiters as some you know, predatory thing that, that, that is not based in reality. That, that, that is based, I feel in a lack of information. And so, you know, we, Joel mentioned this company starting 50, Joel's not even 50 years, years old yet, but he's really, really close at this point in the game. Anyway, 50 years, you know, we, we've been helping military officers. We've been doing two things really well. Right. We've been helping military officers law, you know, work through the process in order to launch successful business careers. And we've been helping companies solve some of their toughest, high potential and talent acquisition challenges. That is who we are and what we do. And do your research, evaluate that for yourself. And if it feels right, then let's have a conversation. That's great, Pete. Thank you for that. Um, and pivoting right into, okay, so that's who we are, what we do. What sort of industries do you represent? You know, what opportunities are available to me and in my type of, my type of background? I alluded to this a little bit earlier um, when I talked about, you know, when Roger Renee first started this uh, industry, those not necessarily industries, but positions, it was predominantly focused on manufacturing and sales, but from a standpoint of positions, it exploded because the military officer did so well in corporate America and they would they would pivot out of those roles eventually. And then they would look into their organization and want to hire more junior officers into it. And so it was like, by the time I started at Cameron Brooks in the late nineties, that it just really, the variety and the types of positions just uh, just really blew open. So before I'll get more in depth on the positions here, but in terms of industries, I, uh, it is pretty pretty wide widespread. If I just take a look at like, for example, this upcoming um, career conference that we have here in just a couple of weeks, we've got, you know, it's hard to, what does this mean? Material sciences. So you've got companies that are in fiber optics. So that's, you know, taking uh, glass that's about the diameter of a hair strand of, the, of your hair, and it's used to, to transmit data, video and voice and all other things. You've got um, cybersecurity consulting, um, medical device sales, but you also have medical devices, robot, I mentioned robotic surgery. Now this is exploding. You've got all these companies getting, the, got two of them, this conference that are really working on the robotic systems of, for medical devices. Um, got companies that are in analytical testing and science that do it for uh, pharmaceutical testing, food testing, um, energy related companies, uh, whether it be natural gas, hydrocarbons, alternative energy, whether it be sun or wind, 
Um, you have this is crazy too. People probably don't even think about this. The packaging industry is going nuts right now. Why is it going nuts? Because people are take out food and take out food from restaurants, supermarkets, but also a lot of shopping now is being done through uh, shipping of Amazon, Target, Nordstrom, you name it. So packaging companies are really taking up financial services. We represent some, some really high quality companies in the financial services industry. Um, food and beverage are uh, uh, consumer products. Um, types of companies. I'm sure I, I'm missing some things. Uh, you could say like textiles, some materials, things that are you know, where they take uh, like a company that are taking different types of uh, materials from trees and then making different uh, fabrics from them that are used in our performance wear, whether it be like a Lululemon product or it would be used in um, like our moisture wicking uh, uh, shirts for working out to uh, chemical companies that are making chemicals that are used in, in uh, um, pharmaceuticals to things like our, we both have shirts on that are um, wrinkle resistant. They're, it's just really broad based. And, and by the way, I, I'm looking at the same list he's looking at. This is one conference that we're doing in 10 days. Like this is not just, you know, kind of broadly over 50 years. That is literally one conference. Yeah. And then let's look at the job title since we're doing this too. Field clinical specialist, uh, development engineer, systems engineer, quality engineer, IT consulting, um, financial services, uh, environmental health and safety manager, director of schedule and pricing, associate brand manager, operations manager, program manager, maintenance supervisor. By the way, that's only 10 of the companies uh, for the job titles. Um, we've got another 30 or so that I didn't even get into. So good. <laughs> That's great. You know, and I also did want to plug, we do review, like we do, we post a blog post, a preview and a recap of each conference that we do. It's on our website, on the blog, and we do go over this type of information, the industries that are, you know, represented at the conference, some sample job titles, uh, sample locations, things like that. So if you are curious, I mean, you can go all the way back in the archives if you were curious enough and wanted to check out that information. I actually just answered this question yesterday. Someone asked me if they had, uh, if we have a, a comprehensive list of, of all of our clients. Uh, no, we, we don't publish that list. Our clients ask us not to. If we did, though, I mean, it would be so, it, it, it would just be this massive list. Instead, what I encourage people to do is exactly what Hope said. If you really want to get a flavor for the types of companies, industries, career fields, and locations that we've been seeing lately, you just kind of walk backwards in our blog, Cameron-Brooks.com, click on blog, and you can literally see, to, to your point, Ove, I think I think we've been doing this for five or six years now, consistently. Consistently, yeah. which, is a, which is a lot of blog posts to read through. So a lot of <laughs> great information out there. Okay, so I think we have one last question. Um, that I do hear quite a bit, um, or rather a statement, you know, I, I'm not really sure what I want to do when I grow up. Right. I hear that often. And, uh, you know, where, I do I. yeah, I'm still working on that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, where can I go from here? Where is, what is the next chapter of my career? How can I write it in a way that I'm going to be successful? 
Before I answer this, I actually know Joel's answer to this question. I want to shoot 85. No, no. That's, that's a, what I want to be when I grow up. That's his low bar. He wants to be a uh, a member of the senior PGA tour, which, you know, I keep, it's a journey. I hate to keep bringing up the age thing, but gonna, uh, we're I'm there. Gonna, I'm going to live to 100. They're going to have a tour for people being nine year old. Uh, okay. Um, so I don't want to know. I don't, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. And so, so I guess my question or my, my statement, my, my kind of tongue in cheek retort is you, you don't really have to know that yet, right? It's a little early in the process to have that pinned down. So I, I encourage people to, to, to start at the top and work through a decision tree. First off, do you want to be a leader in corporate America? Or, some, or do you want to do something else? So we won't go through all of that again since we already kind of walked through that. But one, do you want business or not? Yes, I want business. If you do want business, then 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 it starts to open up. And I say this to people all the time. You are mar- you are most likely marketable for more things than you even realize or even know. And so at that point in the game, it's not like, hey, I want to go do X when I get out of the military. It's like, well, let me figure out what's all available to me. Like that, that would be step number one. Let's, let's look to see, and Joel, and you couldn't see me because we're not doing the video, but I'm just like, yes, yes, boom, boom. There's so many opportunities just at this next conference. And so learn about industries, learn about businesses, learn about opportunities, do a search. One of the things I hear constantly, or constant refrain, Joel, I can't imagine, I imagine this is exactly what you hear as well. Officers interview with with industries or companies or roles at a career conference that that they didn't even know existed and certainly didn't think that that would be something they'd be interested in there's just so many opportunities for a military officer to use their leadership experience their education their personality to explore multiple opportunities and ultimately find the best fit launch a career do avoid those early career do-overs that would be my idea behind that Great answer, Pete. And I think I think that concludes our list of FAQs that we wanted to tackle today on the podcast. But I did want to say to our listeners, if you do have a question or if we did not cover um, a question that you have today on the podcast, please message us directly. Um, Joel, Pete, myself, um, we are happy we're to be a resource for you and continue to answer those questions. Because if you have a question, there's it's likely that someone else is thinking the exact same thing. So that's what we're here for. Can people and, get a hold of me at joel at cameron-brooks.com? Yes. That's what I think. Yeah. I have another email address. It's a lot longer, more complicated. So joel at cameron-brooks.com. We'd love to hear from you. Great. And you can always connect with us on LinkedIn, message us directly. We are happy to meet you there as well. Um, But that is going to conclude today's podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today and listening to us discuss our most frequently asked questions. If you know someone who would benefit from listening to this podcast, would love for you to share it with them. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, we would really love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts that really helps us out and will help out further listeners down the road. So thank you. And uh, this has been Above and Beyond with Cameron Brooks. Thanks again for being a part of the podcast. I hope what what we talked about today and what we've talked about uh, throughout the entire conversation between this episode and the last episode 
has been uh, has been valuable to you. Next one, we'll publish another podcast in two weeks. Uh, we'll highlight one of our Kevin Brooks alumnus, Doug Schulte, former Air Force officer. So stay tuned for that one. We'll uh, we'll catch back up in two weeks. Uh, one final note: if you if you if this is valuable to you, if you like what you're hearing, uh, leave a review, leave us a comment, leave us a thumbs up. It certainly helps uh, get spread the word, I guess, to uh, more military officers that are looking for information and potentially looking to move from the military. Okay, thanks so much. You guys have a great day.